Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Really happy to have you here, guys. Uh, this week, we're talking to Manoj Diaz, who is the founder of A Space, which was Australia's first multidisciplinary uh, meditation space, I guess. Um, and he has now moved on to co-found Open, which is another innovative wellness um, I'm going to say program company um, based out of San Francisco, LA and Melbourne. So we got talking and he shared some really interesting insights into his own journey and his own story, as well as, um, you know, we took a look at his practice, at his spiritual practice. And I think this is something that I've really, you know, a direction I really wanted to take the show for a while. And that is to go a little bit deeper in the exploration of some of these practices um, people's different people's um, interpretations and different people's practices when it when it comes to returning to a state of stillness so that we may be able to observe and, and learn something from them. He has a beautiful take on mindfulness and he shares some incredible wisdom. He's been doing this for quite some time and um, he's been holding spaces for quite a lot of people. So he really knows, you know, what he's talking about when it comes to meditation and, um, you know, Buddhist practices. So um, it was a complete honor to have Manoj on the show to have a conversation with me. And I'm really happy to have the chance to share this with you guys. Uh, before we get into it, I just wanted to let you know um, that I am super grateful for having you here. I feel like I say it quite a bit, but it's, it's honestly the truth. And I'd love um, for you guys, if you feel inclined, if you feel open to it, uh, to reach out and connect to me, whether it's through Facebook or whether it's on Instagram at today.dreamer or uh, leaving a comment on the on the YouTube channel, because it really does mean a lot when I hear from you guys and and I feel like, you know, I really feel like we're on the journey together. So I um, just wanted to throw that out. And um, yeah, I don't think there's much else to say. Stay tuned for some more creative elements in the show. Uh, we're going to begin this conversation with the new the new ritual of taking a breath together. Manoj is going to join me in that, join us in that. Um, so I invite you to to come along for that um, for that part that 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 ritual and and take one deep breath with um, with some kind of an intention before we begin the conversation. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it. Hi, my name's Michael, and welcome to Today Dreamer, a podcast and YouTube channel that examines the interplay between inner work and outer work. Through conscious conversations and practical walkthroughs, we'll be exploring ideas and practices to help you find a deeper sense of clarity, develop your focus, and take meaningful action. I hope you love the show. Yeah, well, what, I, what I've been doing lately is is kind of taking a breath with my guests before I start each episode. So it's it's a little ritual that I do on my own, but I'm starting to include guests on it and hopefully people listening can join in as well. Um, so I, I set an intention for, you know, what we're about to get into and then uh, kind of take a deep breath in through the nose um, into the belly and then the moment between the breath and um, the inhale and the exhale, I kind of just hold that intention for a moment and kind of invite everyone else listening and and you you as well Manoj to um join in with that and um it kind of you know sets a nice energy for the rest of the chat so did you want to do you want to do that with me of course that's great okay so let's do it let's take a, a deep breath in through the nostrils and and into the belly 
That was a very, very deep breath there, Manoj. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So um, I guess a good place to begin would be um, a space. That sounds like mm. a, a really cool endeavor. And, and I had a quick look into it. And, and you were saying in one of your chats that it, that it was Australia's first drop-in meditation center, which is kind of crazy. I thought... You know, I thought that might have been around a lot earlier here, but apparently not. So, would you be able to maybe tell me a bit about what's happening with you in your life, A Space, and, and what you're up to? Yeah, sure. So, um, A Space has kind of morphed these days from from its humble beginnings. You know, it's now known as Open. Uh, it was acquired by uh, two friends of mine who I now joined as a co-founder of the, of the new organization called Open. But in 2015, uh, me and another friend, uh, Josh Lynch, actually um, had this wild idea to, to make meditation cool. I think that was like our, our starting point. We we're pretty young and, and naive, but um, it really started from this exploration that I had where, you know, I went through uh, a lot of health issues in my, in my early 20s and it was just by a chance circumstance that I found myself, you know, in a Buddhist meditation studio and I met my teacher and my healing really began. And a lot of the lessons that I learned with him, I was constantly reflecting on how much some of my other friends could benefit from it. You know, this, these ideas of, you know, being in the body, this idea of being present, this notion of cultivating compassion and resting, and community, like I was just, you know, reflecting on how much of my friends who were also still in the corporate world could really benefit from some of that. But every time I mentioned, uh, you know, come with me to meditation or let's go do yoga, they would just roll their eyes and they, they just thought it was, you know, something pretty hippie and weird, you know, and, and probably 10, 12 years ago for many people, maybe it was like that. And so um, that idea was kind of floating around in my mind for a little while. It's like, how can I make my friends come to this sort of stuff you know and so by a strange set of circumstances one day um it was the entrepreneurs organization which is a membership organization here in, in melbourne uh it's a global organization which has chapters all around the world which essentially is just full of entrepreneurs uh, a friend of mine was in that group and he invited me to come and just speak about my journey of you know being really high up in the in the marketing and advertising world and then all of a sudden you know, i'm a meditation teacher i really share that story uh, and I shared my story and, um, you know, at the end of that talk, I had about 10 companies that wanted to, to work with me, that wanted me to come and train their, their staff, um, you know, and, and teach them meditation and mindfulness. And that idea that I had for a little while kind of took off from there. And um, as I was kind of starting off on this journey of being like a, a pseudo entrepreneur, I, I met my friend Josh and, you know, together we really started to hash out what this could look like and, and a space was born and um, it initially was just pop-up meditation classes and workshops all around melbourne and then it really started to take off for us when you know bigger brands like google and slack wanted to to work with us and then eventually we were invited to to new york to you know to teach and to you know practice over there and share over there and in 20, I think it was 2016 or 2017, we opened up a studio. And, uh, and this studio was essentially just slapped together. We both took out two credit cards. We maxed them out very quickly. 
borrowed money from our parents and um, you know we, we opened up this little studio in the back of a psychology practice and uh, and it was Australia's first multidisciplinary meditation studio and, and what that really means is that there was a lot of meditation studios that were rooted in um, you know, Buddhist meditation practices or um, actually it was primarily Buddhist meditation studios that we came across um, you know yoga studios had you know, uh, a 15 minute class here and there, but there wasn't anything that brought all these different practices like sound meditation, um, sleep meditation, pranayama, Buddhist meditation, mindfulness. Like n no one really had it all together like we did at that time. So um, we launched that and it was a wild ride. You know, it was a wild ride for, for like four or five years and went through tremendous highs, tremendous lows. Um, so many lessons learned from being a meditation teacher and being a CEO at the same time. Um, but in, in 2020, in the middle of a global pandemic, um, my partner, my Josh had decided to leave probably about a year and a half ago. And though in the middle of a global pandemic, it was time to evolve and to grow and open is, is the new, um, is a new name. Awesome. That sounds like a, a hell of a ride so far. And I guess it's, um, it's only beginning in a lot of respects and, and it sounds like there's exciting times ahead. So could you tell me a little bit more about maybe the catalyst for the decision to go down the path, um, the spiritual path? Because it sounds like originally um, you weren't really on that trajectory. Yeah. Uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't really. Like, you know, I was raised in a Buddhist household. I grew up in Sri Lanka for the first few years of my life. So I was exposed to Buddhism from a very, very young age and, you know, for all intents and purposes, was a practicing Buddhist. And in Sri Lanka, a practicing Buddhist really um, doesn't involve meditation. It's more revolving around uh, ethics and uh, intent and, and how we conduct ourselves and generosity, those sorts of things. Um, but, you know, it, it, growing up in Australia was a very different experience for me. It was very removed from my culture. And, um, yeah, really, really was disconnected from the Buddhist path. Uh, when I met my teacher, you know, in my mid twenties, again, very randomly, not even expecting to be at a meditation studio. I thought it was a yoga class. I, um, I met my teacher and having practiced with him the first few times, there was something very different that was occurring within me. And if I look back on it now, it was this feeling of really being in my body. And it felt like prior to that, I'd spent a lot of time out of my body in my head you know i was thinking a lot i was very anxious uh, i had insomnia i had an eating disorder i was navigating different addictions uh, and here i was doing these practices and all of a sudden i was feeling the pain and the suffering in my body that i was avoiding for you know so much of my life so um again it was never it was never a a conscious decision to go down this path but the more i practice with them the more i was changing internally and uh he started to float the idea he's like you know maybe i think one day you'll be a teacher is what he said and um you know he was this really amazing incredible human who was you know um i forgot the the name that slips me you know when someone can see the future what is it um clairvoyant maybe yeah uh, yeah but, but he was known as that. And, and, you know, he said it very early on, but I see you as a teacher. And I just thought he was absolutely mad because 
I was at the height of my marketing career. I had a fancy job, fancy car, going to all these cool parties. And, um, you know, when he said that, I just thought it was, uh, it was like a throwaway line. But mm-hmm. um, I practiced with him every day for, for eight years. Uh, and eventually when he asked me to teach, I just kind of stepped in and it felt like the most natural thing in the world and the most terrifying thing at the same time. And, um, and the rest is probably history. Nothing else felt as, as meaningful as, as being able to uh, share something that had provided me so much healing. So, so you're in the corporate world and you're kind of going to these fancy parties and you're at the height of your career. And then you just kind of stepped into a yoga class or what you thought was a yoga class. And then all of a sudden you had this, these experiences where you felt more connected to yourself. And then you started seeing this guy every day. Like they must have been some pretty profound, um, you know, experiences and, and definitely sound very meaningful to your life. Yeah, it maybe wasn't as linear as that. Like, you know, it wasn't just life was great. So I decided to go to yoga. It was, mm. Life was actually really bad. You know, like mm. I had all of these things, but, you know, like I said, internally, my mental health was really suffering. And we didn't talk about mental health or anxiety like we do these days back then, you know, 10, 12 years ago. So it was a very confusing and scary time in my life. And, uh, you know, at the height of that was was the addiction that I was going through. and so. I tried every way to, to get better. I, I'd been to lots of doctors and psychologists, and psychiatrists. I tried alternative therapies. I tried hypnosis. I did like literally everything I could find. I threw my money out to get well and I just, nothing was really changing mm-hmm. um, what I was going through. And it wasn't until I randomly, like a friend of mine suggested I go to yoga and then he took me to this class and it was meditation that, uh, my teacher was actually telling me that it was all in my mind. Like, you know, it began and it ended with the mind. And that's when I began to change how I, oh, that's when I began to understand my mind and notice the, the causes of suffering, notice the conditions that I was living under and, and notice how I was causing a lot of this pain, you know, and a lot of this suffering in my own life. Mm. Do you still stay in touch with him? Are you guys still connected? Yeah, we are absolutely. You know, a little less disconnected now that we're, um, you know, in, in quarantine all over the all over the world. But um, yeah, he's he'll always be a big part of my life. He's a very special man. That's beautiful. So, what kind of practices are you doing at the moment in your in your kind of day to day life? Are, are there certain rituals that you take part in, or are they? Um, is it a bit of a mix, or can you tell me, or maybe share some insight into? you know, what you're up to and, and how you kind of maintain um, your practice in that sense? Yeah. Um, yeah, for, for up over a decade longer, it's been, you know, Buddhist practices of, you know, mindfulness or, or shamatha practice, mm-hmm. uh, open awareness practice, heart practices like loving kindness, compassion, um, disvipassana style meditation practices. And uh, probably in the last four years, uh, I've solidified this practice, which is really working with uh, embodiment, you know, meditation that really focuses on the body and allows me to really be with you know, pain and anxiety and trauma. And it's a somatic practice. You know, there's different words for it. There's RAIN is, is a word that's commonly associated with it. Ninya um, Rinpoche has a different uh, word for it altogether as well and a different phrase for it. But this practice is essentially me uh, spending 45 minutes or 20, 
20 to 45 minutes some days just uh, being with my body, you know, similar to a body scan practice, but just noticing what arises in my body you know, emotionally, physically, and then moving from there into a Tibetan breathing practice called Vaya's breath, which brings, you know, um, energy, for lack of a better word, from, from the head down into the body. And then oftentimes I'll finish that practice with uh, an open awareness practice or um, a Krishnamurti had a different word for it, which is, uh, oh, I forgot it right now, but he had a really great, great phrase for it. But it's essentially just observing, observing the nature of awareness. Um, so all up, it's about a 45 minute practice, usually each morning. Um, I start with dedications and offerings in traditional Buddhist practice and then finish with, with merit giving. So the dedication of the practice to, to all beings. That sounds awesome. I might have to have a deeper look into these. Um, what was the name of that breath you mentioned, the Tibetan one? Uh, Vaz, Vaz breath. Vaz breath. Yeah. I'm going to have to do a bit of research and, and find out a little bit more about these because I haven't, I haven't actually come across that before. Um, and that sounds yeah. fascinating. Yeah. So you've kind of developed this over the years and what about, um, what you do through your work? Do you, how do you kind of tailor or structure or how did you begin to do that? Um, you know, your sessions with other people? Yeah, so it, it, this is probably where like, you know, my understanding of philosophy and, you know, Buddhist practice really intersected with, you know, science and psychology, um, you know, teaching, I teach mainly to secular audiences um, and mainly my training has also been in, in secular mindfulness practice. So if I'm working with uh, organizations and companies, it'll, it'll have a, a Buddhist lens, but it'll primarily be secular mindfulness practice um, so i'll run workshops or programs and do that sort of stuff but usually at the studio it's it's a class so a class in a traditional um traditional setting in which buddhist teachers would teach would be framed with a story um, so there would be a dharma talk and there would be a practice and so um, you know we had classes that range from 30 to 45 minutes um, and then lately it's a lot of it has been online. So, you know, it's a whole new world altogether. So similar sort of scenario, but sometimes we have less time for the Dharma talk, more time for the practice. Uh, sometimes it's just the Dharma talk, no practice. It's really kind of evolving um, in this kind of modern age. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I guess you kind of tailor things to whoever you're working with as well and, and try to kind of, you know, do what's best for them from your experience and, and you know what you've where you're at as well yeah well i tend to i tend to teach from a system and that's really important to me you know so um what what i mean by that is that you know a lot of what i'm teaching i don't make up it's not something that i've even developed it's stuff that has been passed on you know for 2500 years mm. and the the challenge and the invitation that we have you know as teachers is how can we make this ancient tradition relevant so how can we use language that people connect to and that people find relevant to their lives. Um, but in terms of how I deliver it, it's, it's very much, you know, traditional practice. Mm. Could you talk to me a little bit? I'm cu more curious about this uh, kind of like, you know, ancient wisdom for the modern times. What mm. kind of, what kind of levels or stages or kind of, what kind of a structure does that have to that, that system? Cause that's, that's interesting. And, and there's, like you said, there's many ways into kind of uh, describing things to different people and doing it in a really relatable way and also kind of feeling out where other people may be struggling and, and coming in with guidance. 
like mm. how does that how does that look like how would you kind of describe that that system in a little bit more detail i'm just curious yeah so i think that meditation these days is is quite popular right like mm. it's not as foreign as it was maybe five years ago maybe not even two years ago so um there are lots of different ways that you can meditate you know people are developing their own types of meditation practice um there are many different lineages and traditions and practices that are coming up all the time and so there's like the new age meditation practices that are you know developed quite recently and then there are lineages in which people teach from and you know my original teaching was in the theravada buddhist lineage which is um, known as um, the first vehicle or, or the most traditional buddhist form uh, these days I, I kind of integrate a lot of tibetan buddhist wisdom as well because you know my teachers are um, my, my teachers are in that lineage as well but in the theravada system there are there are systems that exist within that lineage so uh, mindfulness, for example, is, is a system. And it started with uh, a sutta called the Satipatthana Sutta, which is the four foundations of mindfulness practice. And so that in itself is a, a very systematic training of the mind that helps us to eradicate greed, hatred, and delusion. And um, it's not the complete path, but it can be. It can be if, if practiced really diligently. And it offers us so much value and, and insight that in the modern world, we we just haven't included in our learnings when it comes to mindfulness. You know, mindfulness is um, to be, to be palatable for Western audiences has been kind of reduced to, to attention. You know, if you're present with a non-judgmental attitude, um, and and that has so much benefit these days. It really does. Uh, it's been shown and, and researched. You know, to to have so much benefit, but there's also um, another a whole other side to mindfulness practice that the buddha taught you know, all those years ago that hasn't been captured in in mindfulness space stress reduction and so uh, the satipatthana sutta contains some of those teachings and in particular the the each step or each foundation of that journey starting from um, the foundation on the body just the foundation the feelings and so on and so forth so um you know, that's that's one example of of a teaching um, mm. In the Tibetan system, there is what we call the Lam Rim, the gradual path of awakening, which you know I'm I'm only now studying. I have been studying the last three years with my teachers. Uh, so there, for me, just offer a, a lot more depth of of learning, and um, it takes me out of my head because sometimes when I get into certain trainings or, or certain literature, it can be very scientific. And in making it scientific, it becomes reductionist as well. You know, we, we boil down this vast world of spirituality to something that can be quantifiable. And, uh, and a lot of the time in, in my experience, it can't be, <laughs> you know, it's, it's experiential. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's just how it, how it differs really at a high level. Yeah, that, that sounds amazing. And um, it feels like, you know, because you've been doing this for quite some time now that you must have really embodied and 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 learnt a lot of these lessons uh through experience yourself and through your practice over the over this kind of decent chunk of time um is there anything at the moment like you said that you're still kind of looking through certain like you're still kind of developing your knowledge and i guess that's an ongoing process but there is there anything at the moment uh, from a spiritual standpoint and that that word can be pretty loaded but um do you have anything that that kind of is exciting you at the moment anything that you're kind of exploring or curious about 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, look, I am by no means an, an expert at this. I've been doing it for a little over a decade. And, you know, people I know that have been practicing this for 30 years barely scratch the surface. So it's, I'm very much at, at, a, at a novice in all of this. And, you know, in particular, like I've just started, um, you know, a new, a new business. I'm in the middle of quarantine. Um, I've been separated from my girlfriend for six months because of the borders being closed. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of turmoil and, and change that I'm going through. And, you know, not only that, we're seeing civil rights issues being brought up that also affect me and all these sorts of things. So, you know, the last month in particular, maybe even the last two months, my practice has been really challenged by all of this. Um, I found it really difficult to, to do my normal practice. I've had to change it up, you know, different positions of meditation practice, you know, using you know, breathing sometimes in a very specific way to get me into the body, to get me to practice. Um, so what's exciting me is this challenge of, you know, really being prepared for, for these moments because this is, it's real life, right? Like life isn't always going to be smooth and, and linear. And the Buddhist practice is really founded on this idea of groundlessness where nothing is stable. So um, right now the world is very unstable and the, the invitation meditation practice really holds is how can we show up for it and how can we use our practice to support us when we're falling through the sky almost, you know, on a daily basis. Yeah, I can definitely feel that. Feel that, man. I can definitely feel that, um, what you're kind of sending out there. What comes to me is, yeah, this is kind of idea of equanimity and, and, and using that chaos as an opportunity, really, like an opportunity to kind of reflect and an opportunity to further your practice and, and put into practice some of the things that, you know, you may have been um, working on, but more in a kind of uh, closed off environment. You know, now, now you're in the throes of things now, now you're in the storm. It's like, how do you work through that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's one of those weird things where, you know, you don't hope to experience some of these things, but uh, inevitably life throws them at you. Life throws suffering at you. So um, it is a fertile time to practice, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 you were like moving to the States kind of a bit earlier this year in the midst of all of this and it hit, right? Not to mention all these things that you've already kind of highlighted with your, with your partner and, and with life in general, but how's it been from a, like a business perspective and, and you and your entrepreneurial kind of journey kind of for this to strike? Has that been a bit of a challenge? Oh, I mean, I think it's just, it's just life, you know, I'm not mad at anything and it's, I'm not disappointed. Um, like life is just making things complicated. So that's all it really is. And there was a time that I'd get really anxious about it, you know, because I've been trying to be in the, to be in the US now for about six months uh, and my visa appointment keeps on getting delayed or it's cancelled and, and there's little things that you can't really control mm. because you know the, the world is going through a pandemic at the moment so I think it's again just kind of adjusting uh, as best as you can to to what life is throwing at you and and trying as best as you can and, and you know I have my days where I just don't get up out of bed and I'm happy if I just have a shower that day you know and and life is also you know showing me that that's okay as well that Mm. um we're allowed to be completely human in this experience we don't have to we don't have to transcend it we can embody it we can embody our pain definitely definitely there seems to be this kind of or for me personally like this balance between um 
you know, pushing myself to do, to kind of, I don't know, kind of embody the experience and to rise to the occasion of my life in a way, but also, you know, allowing or accepting, you know, other parts of me, you know, that day when you do want to just stay in bed and just, mm. you know, not kind of, um, not kind of putting yourself down for that and just kind of allowing that as part of the experience and noticing, you know, what, yeah. what's going on in that kind of that interplay. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Yeah. You have to listen to your body. You know, you really, I think we sometimes are um, a victim to popular culture and popular culture is predicated on productivity, on achievement, on performance. And, you know, even that system is, is feeling like it's being dismantled. You know, um, and this idea of resting and nurturing and, and caring feels more feels more pertinent now than ever before. You know, I think the best thing I can do some days is just lie up on the couch and you know have a cup of tea. And I would feel so guilty for that. You know, I really would. Like often, I'm like, oh, I should be doing this, should be doing mm. that. But then when I listen to my body, I'm like, no, it just ne- it needs this. You know, and. I reconciled that with the fact that there are millions of people around the world that are dying, you know, and, and mental health um, of even more people being affected right now. So why is it that I need to to live in a way that completely ignores that fact? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What's coming to me now is, is not only, not only what you just mentioned, but also part of what you're talking about with everything dissolving in a way, well, the old, the old kind of system or the old way of doing things seems like it's not really working. It's, it, it seems like it hasn't been working for a while, but this has been a, an opportunity for people to recognize that um, mm. because things are changing uh, in a more, I guess, evident fashion. So, what kind of things have helped you through this besides, besides your practice? Has there been anything else besides kind of embodying your feeling and working through your practice yeah i think you know friendship has been really really helpful in this time and and in particular you know in 2000 and i think late 2018 early 2019 i co-founded uh, every man australia which is you know a byproduct of every man in the u.s which is a, a men's emotional intelligence movement um which essentially helps men kind of come together be vulnerable with each other and and in the process really help each other navigate what's going on in their lives and you know especially during covid we would have our monday night meetings which we would normally have in person we would have them over zoom and they were just such sources of comfort because we could just express ourselves and you know be with what is in our body and share vulnerably and and have men really hold space for that so i found that to be incredibly helpful and incredibly supportive in this time um i found just exercise and movement you know to be incredibly useful as well um just getting out even to the park for a quick walk you know spending time just you know walking around um and then just just letting go like i think letting go was was a big lesson you know, letting go of this idea of having to be someone or having to do something at a certain time and just being open to, to what is. And um, it's tremendously challenging, like I said, because so many of us have been um, complicit in these systems that, you know, you were mentioning before. And even now, like when with work starting to kind of go back slowly and then, you know, quarantine again, same sort of things happening. So there's a tremendous attachment 
that I had, and I'm sure many of us have, to the old way of being. So um, the question that I'm constantly living with is, where can I let go? Mm. You know, where can I let go? What's coming up for you at the moment? Mm, it's self-care, I think, is the, is the big one. You know, my, um, my business is predominantly based in, in California. Uh, so that means plenty of early morning wake-ups and, you know, the other founders are, are over there. So they've been waiting all day to have a meeting with me. So Mondays are, or Tuesdays actually, which is their Mondays, is usually six hours of back-to-back meetings. And um, it's tremendously draining, you know. Mm. So the question I'm constantly asking is, how can I look after myself even here? You know, it's, I, I love what I do. And I also love <laughs> my body and my, and my health. So um, it's always this little dance of, you know, where can I look after myself? Uh, what does self-care look like? Mm. There's something I want to ask you about. And um, I'm very curious. <laughs> so you're writing a book, am I right? Yes. Could you tell me a little bit about the book that you're writing? Because I haven't been able to find any information about it. And it seems like there's quite an interesting title to it. So I kind of wanted to dig a little bit deeper with you in person. Yeah. Um, well, the manuscript is due in about 24 hours. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm working to a deadline. But um, the, the book is called Still Together. Mm-hmm. And uh, it started off pre-COVID as, as really an exploration of connection and how um, meditation and spiritual practices can really help us feel more connected to our lives. And when I talk about lives, I talk about all the aspects of our lives, including our relationship to each other, uh, sorry, our connection to each other, our connection to our bodies, our connection to the present moment. And it really looks at the ways that we are disconnected uh, in our life, you know, whether it's through technology or whether it's through our thinking. Um, there's so many ways that we tend to feel less connected from it. And when I started this book, you know, I was writing it before COVID actually, and it was a pretty straightforward meditation and mindfulness book exploring specific themes. And then as I was writing and COVID started to hit, you know, I'm writing a book about connection when the whole world is disconnected from each other. It started to take a, a very different shape and a very different form. You know, it started to, to look at, you know, things like um, emotional wounding and like, you know, touched on trauma of being so disconnected. It looked at um, the appropriation of, of mindfulness and meditation practice. Um, and then my final chapter, I started to write more about the civil rights movement and um, the sense of othering that keeps us disconnected, you know, that the separation we see when we look at a person of, of color. Um, so it took a very different shape and, and form. And ultimately, it's just the call to action to, to see each other uh, and each other's humanity and to, to reimagine a new world in which you know, we, we tend to ourselves, we tend to each other. And this idea of collective care being something that can move us forward as, as a people. That's powerful, man. That's really powerful. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm in the same boat as you, man. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling what you're saying. And I really feel as mm. though um, something like that could really do anyone that picks it up a lot of good. And then, you know, that good spreads outwards. You know, that, that good passes on to people around people around you and and I, I feel as though that's a real powerful thing to be talking about writing about and mm. you know you just want to share my kind of appreciation for what you're doing man that sounds that sounds really Thank cool you. 
I've got I've got a similar kind of thing in my mind at the moment, the question of how to help people connect with themselves, each other and, and the planet on a deeper level. And I want to be doing some projects with that in the future. So I think I'll be mm. staying in touch with you in a, in a, at some point and, and connecting with you again because I'd love to hear your thoughts on any anything I kind of put together in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah the world needs us right now. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome. So when's when's the book coming out and, and when kind of um, can people get their hands on it? Yeah, I think um, I'm not sure when the pre-orders come out, maybe around November this year, um, yeah, cool. but the book will be out, I think, in early 2021. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And what are you doing at the moment besides, um, Are you? am I right to think that you're taking on kind of, uh, you're a mentor as well as, as what you work with Open and the book, so you've got a few balls in the air at the moment? Yeah, I've stopped my mentoring um, for a little while. I, mm. I just, I really just don't have the time to to dedicate to that. But it's something that I really enjoy. Um, right now, it's it's working on on open. You know, we're at free launch stage at the moment, uh, building a team to support that, finishing off the book. Um, I have a few writing commissions that I'm navigating, and mm. outside of that, just trying to stay sane inside yeah. these four walls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you still got to live it at the same time and, and experience right. everything you're going through and process all of that. And you're a father as well. So, I mean, you've got the whole aspects, that kind of whole aspect as well going on. Um, can, can you tell me a little bit more about um, Open and maybe how people can get in touch with you if they wanted to or, or Open, um, how they might be able to find out more about that as well? Yeah, so Open is, is a modern meditation studio. So, um, you know, what the what open is really trying to create is to a place where all these different practices, these methodologies can coexist as, as one. So, you know, we bring um, breath work into practices. We bring mindfulness and meditation practices and we blend it with, you know, sound meditation. Um, we have movement yoga, and it's really bringing these uh, multiple modalities and seeing if we can amplify them in, in new ways you know, through either technology or, in person so it's like an so experimental like, there's an experimental thing going on there as well well yes yes and no like they're, they're historically over the centuries been been blended together but mm. i think now we have a, a such a uh, an affinity to one or the other uh you know I, I know when i started with open i knew very little initially about sound meditation and then i started working with you know a friend of mine uh, alexander tunus um, who's like one of the grandfathers of, of sound meditation and just learning more about sound meditation and its history and its connection to spirituality and its connection to, you know, the sound om, for example, um, it's been fascinating. And so there's always been like this intersection of these practices. Um, so it's really starting to, yeah, starting to, to bring uh, these practices that may have felt separate uh, in, a, in, a, in a way together. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. That sounds very exciting and it sounds very interesting as well, um, especially because mm-hmm. there are certain connections between the different practices and um, there, there, there seems to be like, you know, areas where, you know, maybe one practice, you know, is probably a bit more applicable or they both have kind of strengths and their weaknesses and different applications and, and the merging mm-hmm. and the kind of moving of into one another is, it sounds like a powerful thing to be exploring and, and to be sharing with mm-hmm. people. So that's, that sounds really exciting. The open project. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can find out more information. Um, if you look up open meditation, California, it should be up. 
the website is o-p-e-n.com. Sweet, man. That sounds cool. So, um, yeah, I don't really know where to go from here. I feel like that this has been good. We've spoken about some stuff and um, we've shared what you're up to and, and it really sounds like, you know, yeah, I'm just really grateful to have the opportunity to kind of connect with you today and and to just, you know, experience your vibe and, and to get to meet you as well. And it's, um yeah, it's been really nice talking, man. Oh, pleasure. Pleasure, my man. It was great to connect. Mm, cool. Thanks for tuning into the chat. If you want any details on Open uh, or on Manoj Diaz, then I'll leave some links in the description section. Whether you're watching or listening, they'll be available. And uh, feel free to check out some videos on the YouTube channel. Have a bit of an explore around because... Um, there are some videos on meditation up there and if you're just beginning, I think they could really help you out, get a solid practice going. Um, it doesn't need to be very long, but you know, having some kind of a consistent meditation practice or spiritual practice really will create an anchor in your life that, that will you know, translate into other areas of your life in positive ways. So um, you know, an anchor to come back to is nice, especially through uncertain ups and downs in life, um, somewhere to kind of hold hold you um, and to some, something you can go back to, a place of stillness that you can return to that you know is there no matter what happens is a beautiful thing. So I definitely encourage you to check out those videos and I will catch you in the next episode. Stay tuned. Uh, they're coming out weekly now and um, yeah, good stuff on the horizon. Thank you.